Global Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures are signaling equities will halt their best winning streak in five months after worsening economic data from Asia reignited concern over the outlook for global growth. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P E-mini futures down eight and a half points. Dow E-mini futures down 58. And Nasdaq E-mini futures down 22. DAX in Germany is down four tenths percent. Ten-year Treasury up 18.30 seconds. The yield 1.84 percent. Yield on the two-year 0.86 percent. NYMEX crude oil up a quarter percent or 12 cents to 38.02 a barrel. COMEX gold is up nine tenths percent or $11.90 to 12.75.70 an ounce. The euro a dollar 10.26. The yen's 1.13 even. Some stocks moving in early trading. Dick's Sporting Goods down more than 7%. Fourth quarter profit missing analyst estimates, and it said first quarter profit may also disappoint. Urban Outfitters is up 10% this morning, while fourth quarter profit beat analyst estimates. An iron ore's rally stalling today after a record 19% advance a day earlier, as banks from Goldman Sachs Group to Citigroup together with some of the largest miners said that the surge wasn't likely to endure. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen, uh, thanks so much. Uh, Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by Inter- Interactive Brokers. Are your returns dragged down by high transaction costs? Trade up to Interactive Brokers where our lower costs can help you maximize your returns. Visit ibkr.com slash save more for more information. Michael? We have identified that whale you heard yesterday afternoon uh from the direction of uh, Wisconsin Avenue in uh, Washington, D.C. It was NBC's Chuck Todd, the host of Meet the Press, when he got the news that Michael Bloomberg, the uh, founder and majority (laughs) owner of uh, this uh, radio station in Bloomberg LP, was not going to run for president. Uh, You were not endorsing him, but you would have, as a political reporter, you would have loved to have a well-financed, credible independent in the race. Always. Shake it up. Uh, number one, uh, force both parties to be more accountable, number two, and it would have engaged more voters, number three. I mean, I, look, I'm for it because it would have, you know, guaranteed more states in play, guaranteed that the candidates would have to talk to more voters and talk to – so there's there's a lot of good that would have come out of a, a third-party bid. Um, but, you know, I, I, everybody I've talked to very close to Mayor Bloomberg essentially said he wanted a path to victory and he couldn't find one. Uh, and the only path he kept finding was a path for Donald Trump to win if he got in in a Clinton-Trump scenario. Do you agree with that analysis? I do. I think that he would have taken votes away from her in places like Pennsylvania, uh, Ohio, New York, particularly in the Rust Belt and the Northeast Corridor, and that would have opened the door for Trump to carry those states uh, and, and I think would have messed up her mm-hmm. math. He had a better shot if Sanders had been the, had been making more noise on the Democratic side. Um, you could see that possibility. But uh, with Hillary Clinton, I think they share too many positions, particularly on guns, uh, on, on yeah. foreign affairs, things like that. That that they split vote. They'd more likely split vote more so than uh, Bloomberg and Trump. Uh, Chuck, the most intelligent tweet I've seen of the political season was from one S. Guthrie at NBC 
suggesting that we should all have a drinking game when Chuck Todd refers to the Whig Party. Yeah, uh, I know. Uh, which, which is, which is great, but also exceptionally important. The Whig right. Party is attacking Mr. Trump and it, it, it morphs every day. Where are we on this Tuesday as the Whig Party tries to move forward? Well, you know, it's interesting and obviously in case people are wondering what we're, why we keep talking about the Whigs, essentially the, the, the the conservative party before there was the Republican party was the Whigs and they were having their own, uh, they, they, you know, they splintered and the Republican party was formed, uh, Abe Lincoln wins and, and the rest is history. And essentially, you know, there's a split inside this party. The rank and file, uh, want one definition of what conservatism is and the elites, uh, the ones that run the party have another definition. That's really what's going on here, right? And it's about, you know, the, the, this is, this rank and file working class wing of the Republican Party yeah. has been there for 30 years, but they got lured in by social issues, and now they're saying, "Hey, wait a minute! None of your economic policies have benefited us, and we're tired of it." Right, and and that's where this is. That's that's Trump's strength. It speaks right? to that's a lot. It, it speaks to a lot of Michigan. What will you look for tonight? I mean, if we assume uh, Trump does exactly. well, what's Michigan, the backstory? Michigan is the symbol of Donald Trump, right? This should be his. This should be the heart and soul of where he does well. Um, I think what I'm looking for are margins tonight. Both Michigan and Mississippi should be big Trump states. How big are they going to be? If they're big double-digit wins, are we calling it right when the polls close? That tells you that, that Trump is, you know, that, that Saturday was a blip. Maybe the Romney stuff didn't have an impact. But if Trump struggles tonight, you know, even if he wins both states, but it's very narrow, single digits, less than five points, um, then I think we start putting, connecting the dots and saying, you know what? Starting last Thursday with Mitt Romney, then that vulgar debate, then the results on Saturday, maybe something's happening here, and, and Trump's starting to lose a little we're starting, a little, a little elevation. We're starting to see uh, polls suggest that's happening. We have seen big jumps in uh, We've been through this approval. before, though, haven't we? Yeah. Then the voters vote. Well, you know, we have not been through this uh, seeing John Kasich pick up <laughs> support. Well, that's right. So we'll see. I mean, look, there's a lot of uh, – I am – like I, like I said, on paper, Michigan and Mississippi seem to be perfect Trump states. And that's why tonight margins matter to me more than anything else. Well, we then go on to uh, the, the next version of Super Tuesday, which really is, in a way, because you get into the winner-take-all states, and you've got uh, Kasich still running uh, strong in Ohio, got to overcome Trump. But uh, the big question is Florida. Marco Rubio right. has lost some support, but the anti-Trump forces are pouring a ton of money into that state. Uh, what's it look like then? Well, look, I think, look, I think Rubio is slowly making gains, um, but I don't think, you know, he's still behind. And there's a ton of money being, a ton of anti-Trump money being poured into the state. We'll see. I think tonight it's going to be another tough night for, for Rubio. There's a chance he finishes fourth in both Michigan and Mississippi. Mm. These are states Kasich has put some effort into. Mm. And wherever Kasich has put effort, he's finished ahead of Rubio. In just about every every <clears throat> state where he's he you know, he he picks and chooses right. his state that he that he competes in. That's not a good place for Marco Rubio tonight. Um and I'm hosting a town hall with him tomorrow. I'll be curious to see what kind of mood he's right. in if it's two fourth place finishes with six days to go and fourth. Chuck, I want to ask you a question about uh, the industry. I've had a huge response from our listeners and our viewers about the state of Chuck Todd's world. You're working with NBC. You're working with MSNBC across cable news. 
How do we get the discourse back in cable news political coverage, or is it forever gone? Are we are we just I don't know. drowning I don't in expertology? <laughs> I don't know what the I don't know. It's an interesting question. I, I've been listening to some podcasts on media criticism lately, and and, and I, I I hear it right. I, I get what some folks are. Oh, I'm not saying you're not doing it, but I I no, was dumbfounded. I think, look, I look. I do think that it's. I'd like to think that we're we're trying to do it a little bit better than our two competitors. I think our two competitors have, are 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 pushing the envelope on, on going downward. Uh, I'd like to think they're doing it a little bit faster uh, than than we are. We're trying not to. I mean, some of us are trying really hard not to go down that road. So I yeah. get it. I understand it. I guess my feeling is is that's the beauty of digital. That's the beauty of all these other places where there's there is an opportunity to get respectful discourse in a lot of places. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, but it does start with the candidates. You know, I think let's remember this. This is not the you can blame the media for coverage, but the candidate. You know, we can have a higher we can have a higher <clears throat> round debate if if the front runner chose to have All one. Right. Chuck Todd, thank you so much. Greatly appreciated this morning. He's moderator of Meet the Press, NBC, working with MSNBC uh, as well. Look for that on Bloomberg Radio. You can see uh, listen to that rather Sunday. Uh, afternoon, uh, Chuck Todd with NBC. Mike, um, I, I, Super Tuesday, you and I uh, took in a hockey game and I, I went back to the, the Mance and uh, the Motel 6. And I, I was just dazzled by what I heard on cable news. It was it was painful. It's it terrible. Just, it was, uh, well. I mean, you lived it with your wonderful comments yesterday about the Reagans. I mean, you've seen the generational change. The problem, uh, the problem is, is that uh, the the worst and the stupidest draw the biggest ratings, and yeah. it is not about... And that's a pressure to is, Chuck Todd in real it time. It is not about, and it has for many, many, many years not been about covering the issues. It, the issues get some stories, but uh, let's face it, everybody mm-hmm. likes to say, uh, to cover the he said, she said aspect of it, except here on Bloomberg Surveillance, and we proudly try not to do that. Uh, we try to stick with the issues and yeah. covering politics. It's good to talk to Chuck Todd. Of course, Michigan coverage. Look for, with all due respect, Mark Halperin he really terrific. and John Heilman uh, uh, tonight. I, I loved how the other day Anderson Cooper, I don't know if I mentioned this on radio yesterday, Mike, Anderson Cooper was talking about Mrs. Reagan, and the last time he saw her and met with her, she was reading Mark Halperin's book, Heilman's book, Game Change. Well, uh, that was uh, that was the last election. Talk <clears> about... <throat> Seems ancient history. <laughs> I mean, maybe the game changed a little that four years ago, but boy, did it change in the last You'll wonder four years. what the title of the next Helper and Heilman Tone uh, will be. Meltdown. Yeah, you know, meltdown. So, they'll so probably the steal Three Mile film. Island on the cover. <laughs> well, there it is. Coverage tonight of Michigan and then on to Florida, of course, uh, next Tuesday. We look at the uh, markets through the lens of economics, finance, and investment. Uh, what's going on this morning? Well, uh, actually, green on the screen on oil. Brent crude, forty-one forty a barrel, up fifty-six cents right now. Uh, West Texas Intermediate, thirty-eight twenty-nine. That gets your attention. This is what we have to watch. That's what we have to watch. Oil lifting with commodities. Another hour of Bloomberg surveillance. <laughs> 